Hey guys, welcome to Dark Vale. We're your hosts, John and Tori. Dark Vale is a podcast that discusses the darker side of life. We are not professionals on any of the topics we discuss. We do as much research as we can, and we do try to be as accurate as possible. However, no one is perfect, and neither are we. Because we're discussing the darker side of things, this podcast is best listened to by a mature audience. So sit back and get ready to podcast and chill! Welcome to Dark Vale, and welcome to episode 8. My name is John. And my name is Tori. So, today we are talking about... Sleep. Ooh, sleep. Sleep. Getting too much of it, not getting enough of it. Right. And there's some crazy things that can happen with sleep. And we'll get into that in a moment. But first of all, roll the clip! Hey, John, on Tuesdays, what do we do? Well, on Tuesdays, there's a podcast where the episodes are new. Oh, I see what you're laying down for me. What podcast is it? It's called Little Nerdy, and I would never miss it. Ah, yes, Little Nerdy. The hosts are Michelle and Owen. Yes, and with each episode, they're showing what they be knowing. Oh, yeah, and they be knowing a lot of cool things. That's why I'm excited to see what Tuesday brings. Movies, books, lore and games. Anime and sci-fi. You You know know their their names. names. Little nerdy. Little nerdy! (laughs) So, today's episode is about sleep, like we already talked about. Yeah. And the way this episode came to be is... From a chat we were having in real life. And um, I often joke that John falls asleep through everything we do. And then I have to tell him about what happened. Yeah. I'm uh, a mar- moderate uh, narcolept. You you are, honey. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, so basically we were laughing the other day about how... You fall asleep for everything, and it's super hard for me to even for me to fall asleep. So yeah, we're like opposites. We're kind of opposites in that way. Yeah, I can pretty much sleep through anything and fall asleep through anything. Yeah, well, once I'm falling asleep or once I'm asleep, usually things don't really wake me up. But just getting to sleep is hard. Yeah. <clears throat> so. We decided that we were going to do a podcast on those two extremes, but we were going to come up with crazy facts associated with those extremes. For example, I called John somebody who has narcolepsy. (laughs) So I thought, hey, I bet you there's some crazy things that have happened to people who have fallen asleep in the middle of life. And then John is, I believe what you looked into is interesting things or some crazy stuff that can happen from not getting enough sleep yeah yeah there's some some serious health effects yeah that uh opened my eyes while i was uh reading this yikes yeah (laughs) all right so i'll start it off so 
Um, narcolepsy, just for anybody who doesn't actually know what it is, I'll go over it a tiny bit here. Narcolepsy, as first described by a doctor in 1877, was thought for decades to be a psychological condition. The medical profession has abandoned that position um, since the discovery that the affliction is actually genetic. So parents have a 1 in 20 chance of passing narcolepsy onto their children. And I want to make it clear, John doesn't have narcolepsy. We just tease him that he does. Yeah. My dad does absolutely have the same ability to fall asleep anytime, anywhere, uh, with any sound. Yeah. As well. <laughs> so it is something that's passed on, but not narcolepsy. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a 1 in 20 chance of passing narcolepsy onto your child if you have it. Um, but the, por the portion of a narcolepsy brain that controls sleeping and waking is actually still a mystery. So they don't really know a ton more than that about it, hmm. which, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. So basically, in order to get diagnosed, you have to have inappropriate and irresistible sleepiness. And I feel like you have those, John. <laughs> I was going to say, huh. <clears throat> Interesting. The disorder usually appears between ages of 10 and 20. I'm not really sure why. That's fairly youthful. Yeah, so I, I feel like that's how they're catching it. <laughs> oh, that 10-year-old. I gotta... Yeah. <laughs> John's just re rewinding the, the life track on his brain there yeah. to see. I was just thinking about all the times I uh, ditched hanging out with my friends while I was young to have a nap. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of the reason is because it's odd to see a young person napping that much, I guess. Or... um harder to catch in an old person because old people you expect them to be napping yeah yeah exactly i see and i i've known about narcolepsy i haven't ever looked into it but i've always just had a very um superficial basic understanding that you just randomly fall asleep like you can't even control it yeah so you could be making supper and all you're out on the floor and I don't know if that's actually how extreme it is. It it can be that way. But from what I read, a lot of people, once they really know they have it, um, <clears throat> they have periods of the day where they're more prone to being sleepier. Oh, so, I see. Yeah. So they would kind of like structure their day based on when they know they're likely to get sleepier. However, they don't get to control any of it. But... <clears throat> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, an interesting fact, like an interesting side note is, most people enter uh, REM sleep 60 to 90 minutes after they fall asleep, but narcolepsy absolutely go straight into REM sleep as soon, and they start dreaming absolutely as soon as they fall asleep. Ooh. Yeah. And... <clears throat> I thought that was really interesting because there are some things that I also didn't know about narcolepsy because I had never <clears throat> looked into it. Uh, but we 
don't know things about it that are actually kind of neat and also super scary, I would say. So narcoleps frequently report that their dreams begin with a situation identical to the one in which they fall asleep. Oh, okay. So what <clears throat> they might be doing when they fall asleep is instantly what they start dreaming about. Pretty much, yeah. Hey. So it, there's seamlessly joining. It seamlessly joins the conscious and the unconscious. But sometimes unconsciousness takes over without actually putting the narcolept to sleep. So you're like on actual autopilot. Oh, weird. Yeah. And so, for example, there's this guy and his name is Richard Corsiglia. And he was teaching his daughter how to use a circular saw one day oh, when he lapsed into automatic behavior. And that's what I just described. So it's during which a narcolept appears to be awake, but is really not aware of his actions because his brain has switched into unconscious and he's on autopilot. Yeah, he's running in dream mode. Yeah. So Corsiglia, he snapped out of being in this automatic behavior uh, only after he had cut his little finger off. Oh. So... Yikes. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, your brain <clears throat> flips into the place where it would go <clears throat> if you were falling asleep, but your body hasn't fallen asleep, and in fact, your body is still operating. Oh, man. That can happen to people with narcolepsy. I couldn't even imagine. Like, if you were driving, say you're in the mountains or something, and then you just go into autopilot mode, and suddenly... Your autopilot dream mode is your off-roading. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I just want to mention that this, everything that I've stated about narcolepsy so far, I have taken from an article from the chicagotribune.com. And it's an article by Stevenson Swanson. Interesting name. Stevenson Swanson. Stevenson Swanson. That sounds like two last names. That does, actually. It was written by Gilbertson Robertson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> so most non-narcoleptic, nar narcoleptics like us, yeah, um, they don't realize things about narcolepsy, which we already said, right? Um, they do not realize that the disorder causes more than just simple attacks of inappropriate sleepiness. So... What we've known is people just fall asleep, right? Yeah. Um, but it also causes um, people to kind of see things and almost get hypnotized, right? So Earl Wood, for example, was driving home one night when, while he was driving halfway across a bridge, he saw the roadway had vanished. Oh. He could see the river beneath him because he was on a bridge, but he couldn't see anything else. The The bridge vanished. And he did what anybody would do in this situation. He hit the brakes like a heavyweight going for a knockout. <laughs> the car stopped in the middle of a perfectly sound bridge. So as soon as he stopped, and I don't know... He kind of jolted out of whatever little trance he was in. Yeah. And everything was there. But for a minute, he could only see the water and the bridge was gone. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. 
and he wrote, I was, or he said in this article, I was lucky it was 2 a.m. and there weren't any cars behind me. Um, but that's what it's like. You fall right into a dream. You don't know where reality ends and a dream begins. Man. So it's honestly like seamless for these people. That's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> that would be actual torture to have oh, that. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> the whole time you've been talking, I've been like, oh, man. Because I did stuff about, like, not getting enough sleep. Yeah. And all I was thinking was, man, Narclops must be really well rested. That's pretty lucky. But that's a real, real downside. Like, that, is, that sucks. Yeah, and you absolutely, yeah, you don't know. Like, that's the crazy thing. Yeah. Is <clears throat> reality slips into non-reality, but... Sometimes there's not an indication on the outside to people because you could just be like, ah, oh, he fell asleep again. But if your brain does that one where it just switches into unconscious, but you're on autopilot, you wouldn't even be like, ah, oh, he's sleeping right now. You'd just be like, ah, oh, he's normal right now. Yeah. He'd look over and he's sitting with his eyes wide open, driving like he's perfectly normal. Yeah. And he's cutting his finger off. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. Oh, I don't know why you'd be doing that while you're driving. But... Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so <clears throat> <clears throat> this one I thought was crazy because in a way it could kind of happen to just about anybody. And I didn't know that you could get narcolepsy this way Ooh. because I just read that it's genetic, right? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> this is from an article from theguardian.com, and the article was written by Hannah Devlin. And so this is a, a direct quote from the article, okay? So a 23-year-old nursery, assist, nursery assistant who developed narcolepsy after receiving the swine flu vaccine oh. took her own life last year telling her family that living with the incurable sleep disorder had become unbearable. So I'm just going to stop there for a minute. She got narcolepsy from a vaccine. Huh. And I mean, there's worse things <clears throat> that you... I know there's worse dangers that everyone's talking about with the whole vaccine debate. Yeah, yeah. But there was 80 people from that area, from that certain va vaccine that actually got develop narcolepsy because of it that's crazy it's like it's a, a bad batch or something then because it well it was it's... listed as one of the rare side effects oh i see yeah but the scary thing would be is that you wouldn't know you had narcolepsy because of the vaccine until a fairly large amount of time had passed. It's not like you get the vaccine and two days later you're like, I'm sleepy. And the doctor's like, you have narcolepsy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be quite the the struggle to find out what was wrong with you oh, after yeah. that. <clears throat> so. That's crazy. Katie Clack, that's her name. Her death raises fresh questions about the government's long refusal to compensate about 80 people who developed narcolepsy <clears throat> as a rare side effect of the vaccine on the basis that the condition is not serious enough to merit payouts, okay? So the government, and this is in Britain, um, they agreed that she did get narcolepsy 
as a result of the vaccine. Yeah. But they were saying it wasn't life-threatening. It wasn't bothersome enough to even get compensated for it. Um, sorry. No, that's <clears throat> fine. I feel like maybe they have the same superficial... Idea about it. Yeah, yeah. that it's it's not that bad and... Boy, it'd be nice if we could all be blessed to sleep whenever yeah. it just hit us. <laughs> okay, I guess you have a disability now. Yeah. Uh, but it's, the truth is, is that it's actually a lifelong battle that can't be cured. And it's... Strikes you when you don't even know it. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. <clears throat> so another piece of the article says, and I quote, We cannot believe that she would have decided to take her own life had the balance of mind not been disturbed. We feel she was let down by the defective vaccine, which caused her narcolepsy and by the insufficient intervention and support, which ultimately led to this tragedy. So <clears throat> this lady or this girl, young woman, basically, yeah. she all of a sudden goes from a healthy young person, gets a vaccine, narcolepsy is the side effect she gets, and... She wasn't offered a ton of help because kind of the mindset was, it's just narcolepsy, like, like we just said, right? Yeah, yeah, so exactly. she had a hard time adjusting to it. Oh, I could only imagine. Especially if you've lived a ton of your life already one way. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're just struck with this disorder. Exactly. And I know that there's lots of <clears throat> other disorders that can strike... Uh, seem like something gets activated and all of a sudden you have a disorder as well, but we're talking about narcolepsy. <laughs> um, but I know there are other things like that too, right? Yeah. So also in this article, in a note written on the day she died, so Katie herself, the person that died, she urged her family to pursue pursue her legal case, saying that she hadn't left been left with any quality of life. She wanted these people to pursue claims, these claims, because the narcolepsy caused her to have depression and led to a tumble of suicidal thoughts. <clears throat> so this was really bothersome to her and she did commit suicide and I'll actually explain what she did. Um, <clears throat> so what happened to Katie? So basically, like I said, she took, and this is called the Panda, Pandemrix jab. <laughs> I don't know, that that's a term from Britain, but... She took it for the swine flu pandemic in to, between 2009 and 2010. That was, that's when the pandemic was really bad. Um, <clears throat> and the vaccine was given to 6 million people. And it caused narcolepsy in a tiny fraction of people. Weeks after getting the shot, she started feeling really sleepy in the daytime, which is a symptom of narcolepsy. She ultimately started sleeping 18 to 19 hours a day by the time she was diagnosed. Yikes. <clears throat> and she went from being a really active 23-year-old assistant in a nursery <clears throat> to sleeping 18, 19 hours a day. Um, a qu another quote from this article. Sometimes she'd leave work at 3 p.m. and wouldn't get home until 7 p.m. because she'd fallen asleep on the bus and she'd just go around on the bus several times. She was so shy, she would never ask the bus driver, hey, can you wake me up? People used to take pictures of her on their phones and were really nasty, uh -huh. not knowing, obviously. They thought she was drunk. So this also led to the mental <clears throat> state that oh, she was yeah. in because 
she goes from a fully functioning adult that can do anything she wanted to, basically, to she can't even take the bus home because she falls asleep. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> another quote from the article. <clears throat> Clack also began um, suffering from cataplexy attacks, which is the total loss of muscle control during sudden outbursts of emotion, such as happiness. <clears throat> this caused her to collapse without warning. And cataplexy <clears throat> often accompanies narcolepsy. So really, so they're they're just functioning a normal life. They get a sudden burst of emotion, like happiness. They lose muscle control, and you collapse. And I feel like that's the part that it looks like people just pass out, right? Yeah, that's actually what's happening. Oh. But there are some people that have narcolepsy that don't have cataplexy. So So that's crazy. So it's not just necessarily narcolepsy. It's also like now it's something else that's going with it too, which that makes it even worse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So she had this as well. Um, she also suffered night terrors and imagining that she was surrounded by giant spiders and sleep paralysis. Oh, God. Which is the temporary... Temporary inability to move upon waking up. So, <clears throat> people who go right into REM sleep have terrible nightmares, usually. Yeah. Because there isn't... The brain isn't slowly adjusting into REM sleep. It's... Bam. And your absolute total brain activity actually seems to, like, just continue being crazy, right? Like, yeah. there's no... Rest. I don't know exactly, I'm not a scientist, but I'm assuming because you need to relax to fall asleep generally, Yeah. there's more of a quieter time for the brain and the body, and then it slowly works up into the REM sleep, rapid eye movement, and which is often the more active sleep, but these people don't get a rest. They don't get that chilling point, and they often have really bad nightmares, and... Sleep paralysis, which is absolutely terrifying. I've had that before. I Have you had it? I've had it one time before when I was very, very young. Yeah. And it was absolutely terrifying. <clears throat> but I've never had it again. And for anybody that's interested in sleep paralysis, I'm telling you, if you Google sleep paralysis and then click on images, you will see a demon sleeping on someone's chest. Yeah. It is creepy AF. It is the creepiest images ever. Yeah. And that's not what's happening. Your body is just got the... T it just has the temporary inability to move upon waking up, basically. Yeah. And you do snap out of it fairly soon. But there were myths and other things from different cultures back in older times where they were saying, like, a demon is there to do his bedness. Yeah. <laughs> setting on your chest. It's really creepy to think of, but... So, she also started to hear voices, and she started to experience psychotic episodes, which she never had any history of before. Because when you're ha <clears throat> just because you're sleeping lots doesn't mean you're having quality sleep. So often these things <clears throat> get combined. <clears throat> so she was actually put in the hospital a few times before she ended up committing suicide. So this is what happened to her, and this is from an article from ITV.com. So in 2014, and she got the vaccine between 20, 2009 and 2010. 
So she'd been living for like four years like this. Oh, man. Really bad. So in 2014, Miss Clark jumped to her death from a multi-story car park in Peter Petersboro after the condition narco narcolepsy caused her to become depressed. She jumped. I don't know what story she jumped from, but she jumped out of a like a parking garage Oof. to the ground. And to me, that also says she's not thinking right because... Most people who want to commit suicide do it in a much gentler way unless there's some real issues with reality going on as well. Yeah. Right? And I feel really bad for yeah. this person. That's really sad. Needing to escape in that way would be... Oh, I just feel for her. So the last thing that I have on my list here, and then you can get onto your cool top ten list that, I, that you said you made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... <clears throat> I wanted to end it with, because since we started this podcast, I always had a mind that using A Thousand Ways to Die would be kind of a cool episode or whatever, Oh, right? yeah. You watch that show? Yes. A Thousand Ways to Die was a show. I don't think it's on anymore, but it just had stories of the craziest and most ridiculous ways that people passed away, right? Yeah. It was super interesting. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so Excuse there me. happens to be one associated with narcolepsy on there and I'm sure there were other ones too but I thought this one was neat and I apologize guys if you can hear the raining it is raining so hard right now <laughs> it is absolutely dumping right now yeah and we're under is this a tin roof we're under this part of our house no no but the tin roof is literally on the other side of the bedroom wall yes okay so if you hear it it's raining we can't help it okay so, the title of this Thousand Ways to Die story is, it's called Jake and Baked. Jake and Baked? Yep. Nice. So, Jake Bosso, and I got this from ScreenRant.com. So, they were reporting the story from A Thousand Ways to Die on this website. So, Jake Basso was a metal worker who had a disorder known as narcolepsy, oh, making him fall asleep anywhere. <clears throat> so he was the type of person that did just fall asleep, right? Yeah. Um, Jake went to... Jake went to a... Curing oven. Oh, To God. leave some materials, because that was his work. He... He was a metal worker. Yeah. So, soon his narcolepsy kicked in, and he very badly decides to take a nap inside the oven. Ugh. Where, unnoticed, he is locked in and cooked. And I'm reading directly off the website, so they say at least this this one isn't so bad. Since the experts in the segments assure the audience that Jake didn't suffer because he had likely already been knocked out by the fuming gases in the oven. Well, that's good, but... Could you imagine crawling into an oven... To have a nap because you must sleep right now. Oh, no. I couldn't at all. And thank God <clears throat> that those gases would have knocked him out. Yeah. Because waking up while being cooked in that oven. Yeah. In the middle of it. And I, so now I'm assuming this is some fairly large industrial sized oven with some sort of powered or pneumatic door 
Like he, he's not going to just, if he did wake up, he's not going to be able to just pop it open and hop out of it. Like he's, Oh yeah. He's stuck in there now too. Yeah. Oh, brutal. I, I don't know if I agree with the experts on that one saying like the gas may have knocked him out, but I feel like when you start burning at the very high degree of heat, you're going to wake up for a minute or two. You would think so, yeah. But Hopefully he didn't. I hope he didn't either. And these stories that I told, they are horrible and scary. And I feel for these people so badly because oh, yeah. these were all based on things these people had almost no control of. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I uh, Yours was very interesting. I learned some new stuff and some real proper understanding about narcolepsy. I can definitely say that. Yeah. It's not just the funny little fall asleep thing I thought it was. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's much worse. And it's actually sad. That's, that's too bad. So anybody that might have that, oh man, we feel for you. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think I'll, I, I'm good with having a partner who falls asleep through 90% of a movie. I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm good with that. You're absolutely probably not going to fall asleep in an oven or have any of those other things happen. So I'll stop complaining. <laughs> <laughs> what I've got are 10 facts about what a lack of sleep can do to you. So staying awake too long, sleep deprivation, insomnia, those kinds of things, right? Yes. Not getting your hours of sleep at night that you should and I feel like we're both fairly well versed in a lack of sleep yeah yeah because we both just generally have the worst sleeps ever all the time um so these are like health things health facts like the way it affects your body and uh your brain mm -hmm. basically uh so the first one um, a lack of sleep affects your immune system. Uh, losing sleep can impair your body's ability to fight off illness. Uh, one study found that the white blood cell levels in people that were sleep deprived for 48 hours were dramatically reduced. Oh. Yeah, and I know... Because I, when I used to do oil field work, and I was on these camp jobs, and we were doing long days, and you get back to camp, and you got to try and eat and wind down and get to bed so you can get up early to catch the bus again. The nights that I had the worst sleeps, or the shifts that I had the worst sleeps, I would get a cold, like a head cold oh. or a chest cold. Like I just was much more prone to getting sick. But, um, anyway, uh, with the sleep deprivation and the lack of sleep, uh, impairing your, uh, immune system, it can also be reversed. Like it basically go back to normal. Once you get some recovery sleep, you can actually just boost your immune system back. So that's where... Say you've had some bad nights uh, sleep and and that you can recover that with maybe some naps, just getting some extra rest yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Um, so number two, uh, lack of sleep 
can lead to a form of munchies. Uh, what? Munchies. According to researchers <laughs> from the University of Chicago, they found that a lack of sleep boosted uh, brain chemicals for hunger and caused people to crave high-fat foods in the same way cannabis does. Oh, man. This explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was... So while I was reading this, I was like, oh. Yeah, I don't do cannabis, but I do often need munchies exactly both of us we're we're good snackers we're we're not eating good snacks but we are good at snacking oh yeah we snacking um this may be part of why obesity risk is higher in people that have really bad sleep loss uh because a lot of times these snacks are happening either directly before bed or they're actually happening at a time where you should be sleeping. Yeah. Because everybody has their, uh, I believe it's the circadian rhythm. Yeah. Right. Where your body is used to you going to sleep and waking up. Yeah. It's it's the the natural um, progression of your actual body for sleep times and awake times. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But we actually have something like that with eating we oh it's in a sense i would say because we have a time where we're awake so then we have a time while we're eating right we're yeah. in that time frame <clears throat> that we're awake but say you're used to like your your rhythm is 10 o'clock at night and you get up at five in the morning and this is something that you're completely used to you feel rested when you wake up it's normal, but one night you're you're not tired. You can't get to sleep, and it's eleven or twelve o'clock, and you're like, "Oh man, I could really go for a bag of chips right now." And you're eating in those chips at a time where your metabolism is its lowest, because yeah. you're it's it's used to you being asleep. It's not used to trying to process. A bunch of high-fat food coming in, right? Yeah. And that just is something that helps lead to uh, to extra weight gain, basically. Oh, man, that's part of the reason we're on a diet right now. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <sighs> so, number three, um, a lack of sleep um, l s slows your reaction time. Um, U.S.-based National Sleep Foundation says you are three times more likely to be involved in a car accident uh, if you get six or fewer hours of sleep. One study also found that a lack of sleep can negatively affect your hand-eye coordination. Mm -hmm. But that can be improved with caffeine. Ah. So that dirty bean juice is a staple. Nay, an absolute <laughs> necessity in our house. Oh, we got a good uh, stock of coffee <laughs> yeah, right now. We do. We weren't letting COVID uh, screw with our caffeine intake. Oh, yeah. Well, people were panic buying uh, toilet paper. We were panic buying coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, guys. We weren't really no, hoarding it, but we, we, have, we have a good stock. Yeah. We got an extra ten or two to get us by. Yes. Um, so, number four, um, a lack of sleep can drastically 
affect your ability to focus and concentrate. Oh, you're preaching to the choir on that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hear you, because I do an electrical school and trying to get up for school and having shitty sleeps makes me... <laughs> I gotta, I gotta put dubstep in my brain <laughs> to be able to read and make things stick. I don't know how that happens, how it works, but otherwise, it's you know uh, Charlie Brown. Yeah. When the teachers are talking. Wah, 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 yeah. Wah. That's that's what I'm hearing. You know what I just realized? That all John needs in life is dubstep and caffeine, and he can move mountains. It's true. I can get things done. <laughs> yeah, John always is like, oh, I'm going to need dubstep for this. Like, if he's cutting the grass or if he's, <laughs> like, doing something, he's like, I got <clears> to <throat> I gotta get ready for it with uh, dubstep. It pumps me, and I'm like, okay, John, whatever. It, it str <laughs> strangely helps me focus, too. Because uh, uh, even a lot of times just researching, um, like, my part of the podcast yeah. and uh, <clears throat> typing it out, having some really good bass drops and some good dubstep going on, and it's it's no problem. I'm a typing machine. <laughs> I can relate to that because, like, when I was in college and high school and stuff, I often liked listening to music in the background. That would that would just work for me. Yeah, <clears throat> same with work. Yeah, yeah. A job where I can listen even to just the radio yeah. is, for some reason, just having that music playing, it makes it so much easier to focus on what you're doing. I don't know why. Uh, so, oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, your ability to focus and concentrate, number four. Uh, one of the most dramatic losses due to a lack of sleep is your ability to stay focused and pay attention. One study of 147 tests performed on people who had between 28 to 48 hours of sleep loss, all had cognitive functions affected. Oh, yeah. Uh, their problem-solving skills and decision-making, uh, those were two of the, the most affected ones. But something that was really interesting is that even going 24 hours straight without sleep can lead to schizophrenia-like symptoms. Oh, yikes. Yeah. So imagine going a couple days or the better part of a week with almost no sleep. Yeah, there's. I guess there's a reason why they use like sleep deprivation as a form of torture. Yeah. That's crazy. A professor of the Department of Psychology at the University of Bonn said, there were pronounced attention deficits, such as what typically occurs in the case of schizophrenia. The unselected flood of information led to chaos in the brain. This is due to the brain's inability to filter information it receives with a sleepless night. Oh, wow. Yeah, so your brain can't filter out what's important and what's not. It's just taking it all and going into chaos mode because it can't even process it properly. So that's crazy. So number five is memory impairment. And I know for myself, I don't get good sleeps. I wake up often throughout the night. 
but my memory is hot trash. <laughs> no. My, my short-term memory. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <clears throat> you know very well. Better than probably a lot of people, I would say. <laughs> um, only a single night of missleep can dramatically impair your memory. It can even lead to the creation of false memories. Say researchers at Michigan State University and the University of California. Uh, people who continuously run a sleep def deficit every night could be more prone to develop these forms of memory distortion. It's not just a full night of sleep that puts people at risk. Um, sorry, it's not just a full night of lost sleep oh. <laughs> that puts people at risk. It's intermittent sleep. It's not getting enough sleep. Yeah. It's it, it's just really any sleep deficit that you're running can really have an impact on your memory. Yeah, because if you're if you're waking up like something like yeah you fell asleep fine but you wake up three times during the night like you're really affecting those those phases and cycles of sleep that you actually need for yeah resting properly yeah exactly it's a very interrupted sleep and many nights i uh, excuse me i might get uh three three or four like hours where i'm asleep and it's not interrupted yeah but then it seems after that it's almost every hour on the hour. Yeah. Just waking up. And it's only briefly, like I wake up. Sometimes I might have a bit of vape and then go back to sleep. Other times, I'll just turn over and go back to sleep. But it's it's the strangest thing. So uh, number six, a negative effect on learning, which is kind of... Yeah, with the memory. Yeah. And, yeah. Exactly. So some experiments on mice have shown how sleep loss has a substantial effect on the brain's ability to learn. Science, Science Daily reports that depriving the mice of sleep for five hours significantly reduced the branching connection between nerve cells in the hippocampus, and this prevents neurons from passing signals to each other. Uh, this is vital for laying down new memories for learning. The study also found that the negative effects could be reversed with as little as three hours of subsequent undisturbed sleep. Oh. So you can reverse it, but you actually need to get uninterrupted sleep. Well, honey, you're still hitting that, that yeah, three hour mark. Exactly. What's your excuse now? Well, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Um, the, that's for the learning one and I kind of learn things. All right. But if that was for the memory one, I, I'd be out of excuses then. <laughs> so number seven, this is, this is one that you could attest to as well. Uh, that I, I do when I, I'm lacking some sleep. Irritability. <laughs> no. <laughs> People who have suffered sleep loss are more likely to feel irritable angry, and hostile. What? <laughs> <laughs> Blows your mind, doesn't it? Uh, some studies have shown that even mild sleep loss has, lar has a large effect on a person's mood. The University of Pennsylvania researchers found that people limited to four and a half hours of sleep a night for one week were reported as having more stresses, being more angry, being sad, and mentally exhausted. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Um, and then regular sleep has a dr drastic improvement on in regular sleep had a drastic improvement in their moods, which yep. I think goes without saying if a lack of sleep is making people irritable, then regular sleep's going to kind of fix that one. Yeah. And I think a simple way of explaining that or a good example would be when you have like a toddler, you're like, ah, you need a nap, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> They're getting cranky. The, the solution is nap. Yep. <laughs> it works every time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so number eight, uh, troubles dealing with stress. Uh, through sleep, through, though sleep loss tends to dull our emotional sensitivity, sleep loss also makes our emotional resilience far less effective. This leads us to be less able to deal with situations of stress and a likelihood to overreact. And I can vouch for myself dealing with stressful things that might happen through the course of a day and yeah. my ability to overreact to them. No! no. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We can all relate to that one. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so the area of our brain, the amygdala, that is responsible for the fight or flight reflex goes into overdrive with sleep loss. According to Dr. Walker, director of UC Berkeley Sleep and Neuroimaging Laboratory, this consequently shuts down the prefrontal cortex, which commands logical reasoning and thus prevents the release of chemicals needed to calm down the fight or flight reflex. Dr. Walker has found that when sleep-deprived subjects are shown disturbing images while in an MRI scanner, their amygdala, their amygdala <laughs> are 60% more reactive compared to rested subjects seeing the same pictures. Oh, wow. That's quite a bit higher. Yeah, that's a lot higher. Uh, this is something... This is another one that doesn't require you to lose full nights of of sleep for this to happen just uh six and a half hours or or of of sleep or less can cause your amygdala to go into a hyper reactive state oh wow so i wonder if i know you weren't exactly talking about anxiety but i wonder if that also absolutely agitates people with anxiety too because I could definitely <clears throat> see a correlation with that because a lot of times your anxiety feeds in with your fight or flight. Yeah, exactly, right? So if you're getting having a fairly substantial sleep deficit and your amygdala is hyper reactive because of it, yeah. then I feel like, yeah, your anxiety triggers or a person's anxiety triggers will literally hit them easier and probably harder. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so number nine is uh, a sleep loss will give you a difficulty reading emotions. Oh, yeah. Um, which, I mean, going through this and being at nine now, it kind of makes sense, too, that that would be something that would correlate with that. Yep. Uh, sleep loss doesn't only make you less emotionally expressive, it also makes it difficult to read facial expressions. A 2014 study on 49 healthy young adults 
that were divided into two groups. Uh, one group spent a night without any sleep, and the other group obviously got to have normal sleep. Yeah. They were asked to look... So this is the group that uh, didn't have any sleep. Uh, they were asked to look at pictures and categorize emotional facial expressions as happy, sad, angry, and fearful. The people that were sleep-deprived were slow to identify the emotions, and they were also quite inaccurate when trying to identify sad faces. So it doesn't actually go in to explain why yep. sad faces in particular, but I just found that interesting that a sad face, it just made me think that they were so sleep deprived they were sad, so it was a normal face they were seeing. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so a lack of sleep interferes with our brain's ability to process emotional information. Yeah, I feel like that, yeah, that, and that, like, branches off into problems at work or problems at home if you're having a lack of sleep because you could say something to someone and maybe you're a little bit ruder than you thought you were, but um, maybe you're rude, but you're not reading their facial expression right, so you think it's fine, and then, you know, ten minutes later you go back to talk to them about something and they're like, uh... We're not talking right now. Yeah. You were just rude to me. And then you're like, no, <clears throat> it was fine. I told you that and it was fine. Like, I can see how a lack of sleep can absolutely, um, like, trickle down into, like, everything. Oh, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, absolutely. So, you, exactly what you said and then throw in some irritability, yeah. the, the <clears throat> hyperactive um, amygdala. Yep. So yep. you're fight, fight or flight. So you're fighty now and Yikes. irritated. Like, yeah, it can, uh, being sleep deprived can really, really affect your quality of life day to day. It's almost like being intoxicated. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So number 10 is lose your sense of humor, <laughs> which kind of makes sense if you're irritable and, and this and that, but uh, research shows we become less emotionally expressive, especially to amusing stimuli. A study with 23 people had them watch a funny and sad uh, film clip before and after some were randomly chosen to have a night of no sleep. The sleep-deprived participants uh, demonstrated less expressiveness and were significantly less likely to laugh or even smile in response to amusing footage. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, so it's almost like being so tired you just don't even care. Like, it's not yeah. triggering the funny receptor, the, the, the funny bone in your body to, to even laugh at things. Oh, that really sucks. I feel like, though, part of me is like, hmm... I think lack of sleep sometimes, like, you get to a point where everything's funny and you're just being weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, a point of uh, deliriousness, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there is... I was going to put in here, because there's an actual disorder that's called uh, fatal familia insomnia. And it's a genetic disorder. And 
after reading it, there's actually a ton of information and I knew we wouldn't be able to cram that in yeah. um, without being super vague. So I'm just going to be super vague and mention it because hopefully it'll be a part of a future podcast. Nice. But it is, it is, it, it's a genetic disorder that essentially is only triggered at a certain point in time in these people's lives. And they literally can't go to sleep. They have almost what's, uh, I believe they called waking sleeps. So kind of like what you were saying with the narcolepsy, oh, like yeah. they don't know when they transition into uh, sleep. It's like that. Like people are sitting at the dinner table and literally get the spaced out look in their face, but their eyes are open and that's a type of sleep they're having. But it's not a restful sleep. It's not a restorative sleep. It's it's barely even a sleep. It's almost like just a, a loss of consciousness to the real world. Oh, that sounds like a special type of hell. Oh, yeah. But it absolutely... It, it results in uh, basically going delirious. And then you just die. There's no known cure for it. Oh my God. And it's just a, a long, slow descent into a type of insanity, I would say. And then you die from it because you can't live without sleep. It is that important. Oh man, that sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah. it would be neat to talk about that more in depth in a different episode. That'd be cool. Yeah, it was yeah. very fascinating what I was reading. And that's why... I'm just doing like the little bit of it because maybe it perks some people's ears about it. It perked mine reading it. I found it very fascinating, but a lot of information on it. Yeah. All right. Well, those were some awesome things about sleeping that you came up with. Pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Good job. Well, thank you. You as well. That was very interesting. Very informative. I... I like it. It's, it's, I know new stuff now. <laughs> Me too. Um, I just wanted to end the episode with asking you if you know what exploding head syndrome is. No. <laughs> I hope it's not what I think it is. You looked shocked. At <laughs> You're like, uh, no. <laughs> All I can picture is. There was an old movie from like the eighties, I think, and it was called Scanners. Oh, and I they remember used scanners. like their brain power and they blew up the other people's heads and that's uh, exploding head syndrome is making me think of something fairly painful and fairly messy. <laughs> fairly messy. <laughs> well, exploding head syndrome is also known by other names, so maybe you know it from these. Uh episodic cranial sensory shock. Have you heard of that? Nope, definitely not. <laughs> uh, snapping of the brain? Oh, no. Uh, how about auditory sleep start? Auditory sleep start. That one, I've definitely not heard of either. <laughs> All right. Well, I just thought I'd end the episode with this because uh, exploding head syndrome is a sleep disorder. Huh. The cause is unknown. And potential explanations include possibly it came from an ear problem or a temporal lobe, lobe seizure 
or nerve dysfunction, or maybe even from some sort of specific genetic changes. Um, do you want to know what it is? I absolutely what do. It's not as bad as it sounds. <laughs> I just wanted to hype it up <laughs> at the beginning. But that's actually the name of it. Um, it is a... a... Sorry, that's an interesting name, though. <laughs> I know that would... But, I knew that would perk your yeah, ears. I was just going to say, my ears have never been more perked up. I was like, I gotta know about this. Um, it's a condition in which a person experiences unreal noises that are loud and they have short duration when falling asleep or waking up. So the noise may be frightening. It typically occurs only occasionally, and it is not an actual serious health concern. People may also experience a flash of light when this is happening, but there is no pain usually. It's, it's absent. So it's just like weird loud noises that you hear before you fall asleep or as you're waking up. But that sounds like a special kind of hell to me because I can't even... I can't even handle it if, like, you dropped the remote for a second while I'm trying to sleep. Like, <laughs> I don't like that one. Well, see, and I wonder <clears throat> if some people have had this and didn't even know. Because I know I have absolutely woken up before to what I I thought I heard as a loud bang. Yeah. And, and waking up and then laying there and listening and being like, what the hell was that? And even times gotten out of bed and gone and looked and nothing has fallen over. Nothing has dropped. And I wonder if that's just something people just randomly experience every now and again and just chalk it up to, well, something must have fallen or I must have just, yeah. it, maybe it was a dream. I just heard something in a dream, but. Yeah, that's definitely like I have a relatable, uh, like memories too, right? Yeah. S of similar stuff. Um. It does say that potential risk factors for this syndrome are psychological stress. Um, so they're more likely to get it. Um, it's, it's classified as a sleep disorder, but it can also go under the category of headache disorder. Huh. There wasn't a ton of info on, on that part of it. I thought that was interesting. Um, but people often go undiagnosed. So It makes sense, though. Yeah. There is no high quality of evidence to support treatment either. So it also says females are more commonly affected. Um, I feel like the people that have it every, like, once in a blue moon or whatever happen, whatever, right? But yeah. I feel bad for the people that have it often because there is no, like, quality treatment for this. Yeah. That would suck. That would suck. And just, I, I feel like... It would be hard to even try and get that diagnosed. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. to get it diagnosed, that means you're probably hearing that fairly often or waking up to what you think is a, a loud bang in a different room or even in the room you're in. But noticing that nothing nothing has changed in the room, nothing has changed in the house. But it's something that's happening often enough that you're actually going to a doctor about it. Oh, yeah. That's That would be a special kind of hell. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so I just thought I'd... That was good. That um... was really interesting. I really enjoyed the name of that. Exploding <laughs> Head Syndrome. <laughs> I don't want it, but but I like the name. You know what? The 
It turned out to be better than what the name kind of suggests. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> At least it's not an actual syndrome where people's heads are exploding. Yeah. Nobody wants that one. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. All right. So, I think... Episode 8, done. Done. Roll son. the clip! <laughs> Just kidding. There's no more clips. <laughs> yeah. We're not doing any more rapping. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but thank, thanks to our listeners and... Um, Thanks to John, because I have a fun time doing these with you, and I appreciate the time that you put in with me to make these. Oh, likewise. This is definitely one of the highlights of the week. Yeah. Just being able to sit down and chat and have a good laugh and give each other new information that maybe the other person didn't know, and maybe information that listeners didn't know. Yeah. It's fun. It is fun. All right. Well, please join us next Monday for some podcast and chill.